Atheist Roundtable, here we go. Puck, are you ready? Let's do this. Excited? Let's yes, bring out our guests. Let's I'm not good with intros. So we have got Chris from the Daily Atheist Morning Show. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing today? Good. Vila Bianca from, of course, Talk Heathen and many other places. <laughs> hello, I'm everywhere. You can't escape me. <laughs> Godless Engineer from Godless Engineer. Godless Engineer. Hi. And Kenneth Leonard. I don't know where to say you're from, Kenneth, because you don't have a Chicago. I don't know. Yeah, I'm around. All right. How's everyone doing tonight? Good. Doing good. 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 All thank right. you for having me. No, thank you for doing this. Uh, I had to bring you on because you've had me on your show every week, and I'm like, well, it's time to get him on the show. Uh, well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So uh, real fun. quick, let's do some introductions. Puck. I'm two Puck. minutes or less. <laughs> uh, I'm Puck. I've been doing uh, the uh, YouTube circuit for about, what, three months now? I don't have my channel on my own. I, I mostly just help Ethan with this, and I make other appearances elsewhere also. been atheist since I was about 20, so, wow, coming on 20 years of being an atheist. Thank you, Puck. Wow. Chris? Uh, what was the question? I was <laughs> 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 I was typing. Hi, Dick. I was saying how to Dick. Everybody needs to say how to Dick. Uh, Chris, I'm the Daily Atheist. I host the Daily Atheist Morning Show. I've uh, been an atheist for many moons. Um, I guess that's about it right now. Actually, I'm going to change the whole Daily Atheist Morning Show to the damn show and kind of thing and do make some changes soon. But other than that, I'm, you know, if you know me, you know me. Caught awesome. me off guard, Ethan. Sorry. I know it's okay. I'm studio. You're used to doing like a million things at once. So yes, yes. I'm actually trying to run the chat. See. Thank you. I appreciate that. Then I, I won't have to be in it as much. Uh, all right, Kenneth. Hey. <laughs> I I don't have like a YouTube presence or a channel or anything. I you know I I I kind of pop in where people will have me and try to have positive conversations with people and. I just want really wanting to make people think is kind of the the big thing, yeah. And you're a debater, correct? I, I from time to time, uh, yeah. You've got me trying to lean more toward just conversationalist, uh, you know. Yeah. Awesome, uh, GE. Well, uh, I'm the Godless Engineer. I have my own channel here on YouTube, and uh, I just kind of got. I start. I got started in into the whole atheist thing just by chance. So, uh, and now I'm here. Awesome. Thanks, G. And V. Hello, uh, I'm V. I'm from uh, Talk Heathen from the uh, atheist community of Austin um, and secular sexuality. Um, I'm also starting my own thing. Uh, I was putting out content pretty soon. Uh, hopefully, beginning of next month. Um, so, knock on wood. Uh, so yeah, I'm as Ethan said, all over, yes. <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> all right. So today we're going to be talking about atheist activism. So let's start with Kenneth Leonard. How would you define atheist activism? Man, it, it's weird because I feel like atheists are often uh, sort of put on their heels talking about how there there are no uh, necessarily like positive beliefs that stem forth from atheism, and I think that because of that, atheism atheist activism. Um, is, is, is like super open-ended thing. Um, you know, you can be an atheist and be a secular humanist, like many of us are. You could also be an atheist and, and be, you know, a, an environmentalist or, or I mean, but, but you're, you're free to do sort of whatever you want, which to me is sort of the, the beauty of, 
of the nature of, of atheist activism is it, it can sort of fill in the blanks wherever wherever we the the human beings decide it needs to go. Right. Uh, v, what are your thoughts on that? I think that that's definitely a, a productive angle to take, especially when having conversations with people who might not understand what atheist activism is, um, or may be frightened by it or, or wary of it in some way. Personally, I would say that I define atheist specifically, atheist activism, to be focusing on areas of society that are most directly impacted by religion and by the overreach of religion into government and focusing on ways to either alleviate that or combat it um, or provide a, another alternative to it. So examples would be, um, you know, uh, school education or uh, uh, reproductive rights or uh, all of these, all of these protests that are happening right now. Um, so yeah, for me, atheist activism would focus more on areas of overreach that need a little bit of pushback and the people going in there and pushing back would be who I consider atheist activists. Awesome. Uh, everyone feel free to jump in at any point you want. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? You know, um, of course the, there are various different types and methods of atheist activism from street epistemology to doing YouTube channels like we do here. Some people do it for different reasons. Uh, sometimes we have people who, uh, some of the people I tend to see often are people who left the religion and uh, now they're kind of wanting to help free other people from the religion. And that's why they've taken up their activism. As a matter of fact, during the Daily Atheist Morning Show, I have a system of uh, regular questions I go through. And one is, why did you leave the religion and when did you leave? And when did you go from being a non-believer to being an activist for because it's there's there those are different steps yes for G. most people uh well for me um atheist activism is standing up using your voice to push back against a lot of the bad rhetoric that we see online and in our daily lives uh like people suggesting that you're protected from a you know, a, a, a disease because you're covered in the blood of Jesus or, uh, you know, Ken Ham in general. Um, and, <laughs> you, you know, do, doing things like that, just pushing, pushing back against bad ideas um, as they're spread through the online community and even in our daily lives, uh, like in our, our actual daily lives. You know, I, I'm so sorry that I lost my composure when you said Ken Ham there. Like, sometimes we just give one name and we all instantly know <laughs> what we're talking about. This is a very exciting time because I'm only uh, about an hour away from uh, from the Ark Encounter and the uh, Creation Museum. So uh, I've never actually been there. I kind of want to go. I, I just, but, but like, I want to go and I want to see it. I just don't want to give them any money. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah that's so, fair. Sense. yeah. So whenever, whenever, whenever you guys come up and do your protests again, let me know. I'll, I'll bring some some ice cream. Um, that sounds good. <laughs> has anyone here gone to the uh, that music, the Creation Museum? Yeah, I have. Uh, there's actually a, a sort of a vlog thing on my channel where I go through it with uh, Telltale Atheist, and we look at uh, the exhibits and everything. And uh, it, it was it was an interesting trip. Um, and it, it, there's a lot of reading, um, and it, it's pretty much <laughs> a Bible lesson. Yeah. I, I went to the, the Ark Encounter's sort of spiritual predecessor because at the sort of OG Institute for Creation Research just outside of San Diego, they have a museum of sorts that uh, is, it was the original creation museum 
um, that I believe is still there in Santee, California. Prepare to be underwhelmed. <laughs> That's what I keep hearing. Like I keep on hearing, you know, you see this this gigantic building, but when you go inside, it's mostly empty spaces and signs. Mm -hmm. That's what I hear, but I I, I kind of want to experience it for myself. Well, yeah. So there's a lot of exhibits uh, there. Uh, a lot of like um, uh, like the the really cheap animatronic dinosaurs. Um, when uh, when I went there with uh, KC. Uh, they had a dragon thing going on because uh, according to Ken and Ham, uh, dragons existed as oh, dinosaurs. Oh, no. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, like, they had cowboys fighting dragons. They had Romans <laughs> fighting dragons. They had... Wasn't cowboys and dragons an actual movie? That it was cowboys and aliens. I want to see cowboys and dragons. That sounds amazing. Because the, the dimensions of the ark, when you think about it, it is, it's too big for a creation museum, but also too small to save all those animals. It's so all around it, useless. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's well, a waste of money. Waste of lots of money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, so, so like, so please go ahead. G. Oh, I was gonna say one of the one of the crazier things about the uh, the Ark encounter is that um, in one particular section they they have this animal that's representative of the, basically the proto land quadruped that whales would have come from, and they even mention that on the thing. But then in other places in the Ark uh, encounter, you'll like they'll they'll show like the entire world flooding, and then there will be whales like everywhere and so it's kind of like well which one what, what what happened here like were there whales before or did they evolve after but i, I don't i i didn't really understand that portion <laughs> oh my goodness oh Mark, when you oh sorry chris please i've never been um but i would go i and i'm sure they get a little bit of my coin um but I would, I, as a YouTuber, it'd be a perfect opportunity for me to go through and, uh, you know, take some wonderful material for my channel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. Uh, I think the only thing that you can't really film there is they've got this one theater where they they, they basically play a movie that um, talks about how the earth was formed and how all the animals were created and everything. Uh, you can't film that. But pretty much anything else, I mean, they didn't give me a problem, and uh, I was I was a little embarrassing going through it. Um, <laughs> I had to be told to hush a few times. Really? Um, <laughs> oh, oh, do tell! Come on, well, juicy details. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it's all in that in that in that vlog that I put up on my channel. I mean, I didn't really cut all that much out of it. Um, the, you, you know, the, they had this one bone uh, that they said uh, was a dinosaur bone and I kind of um, seductively stroked it um, <laughs> while making sounds. Um, and so, I mean, it, it was just all around. Yeah. I was just joking like the entire time going through it. So, and it, it was inappropriate. I think there was one time uh, you go through this area where there's a bunch of um, uh, it's like kind of a jungly forest kind of deal and it's got Adam and Eve in it and like they're messing around with all the animals and I make some rather explicit jokes. Mm. Luckily we were alone in that area at that time. <laughs> but um, yeah, because, uh, you know, originally they, they uh, God formed the animals so that 
Adam couldn't mate with them, or or well, Adam tried to mate with the other animals, but he couldn't, and so God, that was one of the reasons why God made Eve, and and so and that, I kind of used that a little liberally. Yeah, and that kind of uh, I would run with that, yeah, because it sure sounds. I, I recently did a, a a video on that chapter, and that's sure how it sounds. You know, they're looking for you a mate, buddy, and they go through every single animal, and apparently they take a long, hard look at goats and sheep. And then they finally move on <laughs> and they they make woman, you know, so. Yeah. So maybe we should take our atheist activism straight to their doorstep. Let's all just finish <laughs> it and go right out there. Right and there usually is a pretty well-organized protest that meets there every year. I don't know when that's happening. Uh, it may yeah. have been canceled or postponed uh, because of pandemic, but uh, do you it's know been canceled. Yeah, it's been canceled for this year. Unfortunately, I think it was supposed to happen July 11th, um, and uh, Eric Murphy was uh, going to be the MC, and I was going to speak. Um, and we're trying to move it online this year, so hopefully there will still be an event. It will just be a virtual one. And the goal, I believe, is going to be to fundraise enough to get a whole bunch of people out there next year. So it's super big and super impressive. That so, would be awesome. Yeah, more info to come on that. I'm not in any kind of decision-making capacity. I just hear things. Um, <laughs> but uh, Northern Kentucky is right in my backyard. If you guys need help planning that, um, if figuring out any logistics or whatnot, let me know and, you know, get me in on the conversation. I'll see what I can do to help. Awesome. I'm hit you up with that then. Food, accommodations, uh, you know, lodging in the air, whatever you need. Awesome. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm um, looking to catch as many of those, uh, as many of these atheist conventions or gatherings or any of those as I can. This is my first year. I've been working hard to kind of build my little channel and I'd really like to not only make them, but a couple of them, if I could get the opportunity, I'd like to speak. If given the if they trust me, <laughs> suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, they've not seen my show, or they won't let me speak. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of the goal, you know. We it's like we were going to do the American atheist uh, thing in mm -hmm. Phoenix, and then we were going to hit the Faithless Forum down. And yeah, was man, it's going to be an awesome, <laughs> yeah, an and awesome then, summer. Then COVID nineteen and there that mm. went, and all the fun. Yeah. Oh, you guys were just in Cincinnati last year too. That was before yeah. I really started picking up on this. Because like I, I guess like for me, when I think of atheist activism, I don't think about the big stuff yet. Right. I think about like talking to individuals who are leaving or who are trying to leave or who have just left. And like if, have you guys seen the, the Braxton Hunter video, the four kinds of atheist YouTubers? Yes. <laughs> that actually yeah. I, have, I mean I have I, not. I, I'd love to disagree with him, but honestly he hits on a couple of really nice points over there. And I would fall <laughs> under the activist category where my primary interest is the people who are, you know, the individuals who are leaving rather than doing mm. it on a grand scale. Um so I, I like that 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 one on one kind of um you know, when they reach out to you and they say, okay, I'm really having, a, 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 I'm struggling with uh, this aspect of theology or mm -hmm. I'm, I'm around my family this entire holiday season and I don't know how I'm going to, I'm going to handle it. Like V, how many calls have you gotten about something similar to that? Oh yeah, that, no, that's half of, half of the, half of the calls um, are, are calls from people who are saying, hey, I'm, I'm deconverting, help me. Um, and then I talk with people all the time offline um, via email or, or DM just hearing hearing their stories i guess that's an interesting question that i have for the rest of you then uh kind of bringing this into the whole activism thing how much do you feel like your activism ideally would uh, incorporates that individual component versus a more structural or 
or organizational approach? Like, do you think that that atheist activism needs that kind of interpersonal one-on-one component in order to be successful or how do we, how do we divide and conquer, I guess? That's a really good question. I, I mean, it's, it's, it seems like it's all of the above. Uh, the, the, the thing that I, I keep thinking about is, I mean, and what a, what a perfect time to be talking about sort of how activism should be shaped and, and, and mm-hmm. what it should take. Um, the thing that I run into a lot is that people's conceptions of, of who atheists are, are not shaped by interactions with actual atheists. They're shaped by narratives that either come from their, you know, clergy members or mm-hmm. their, or exposure to, to things like YouTube. Um, it, it, so I think that seeing things like, um, I mean, you know, yes, street epistemology comes to mind immediately as something that seems incredibly effective on that smaller scale level of just breaking down um, people's misconceptions. But I think that there also needs to be, I mean, there, I mean, there are more politically active, large scale organizations that are doing incredible work. And I think, I think that both are extremely necessary and that individual people like us have to figure out, you know, what aligns most with our values of, of what we're trying to do and, and then scaling that appropriately. Mm-hmm. Ethan, do you remember when we first started working together, one of the very th- first things that I brought to your attention was Charlie, I'm sorry, Casper. Correct. Casper. And Casper was someone who, who left, he left a note on a, on a, a Facebook group page saying, I just need some help mm. with something. And Ethan and I were just starting to work together he, uh, on a channel. And I said, Ethan, let's see what we can do to help. You know, and then we, we had arranged for, for Charlie to talk to uh, um, Casper. I'm so sorry if you're listening. I apologize. I'm not, I, 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 I got to get used to it. Um, we, we were going to arrange a talk with his uh, uh, parents and his pastor arranged on his channel so it's a more comfortable place with backup for him to talk to and the the problem is there there's there's only one of me and there's 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 only one of all of us and there aren't enough for all the conversations that need to be had and and we have like a um well, oh goodness uh not for the, is it freedom from religion no that's the one that does most uh recovering from religion religion they have i that. always get those two confused every I, single yeah. time FRF, FFRF, I forget. Um, yeah. But, you know, where, where you can, I, I would be nice to have a more consistent hotline or a, a community where you just go on there and say, I need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And somebody is there and someone will answer. Yeah, the hotline project does that. I They're they're running low on volunteers right now, which is why on Talk mm-hmm. Ethan, we keep promoting it as, you know, hey, if you want to give back, here's a really good way to do that. And that is honestly one of the most intimate and impactful ways of being an activist in this community, I think, is doing something like that, where you're making yourself available for the individual people who are calling in without anyone else to talk to. Um, that to me feels like it, it gives a lot to it, it feels it feels very much like oh, I get on the phone for an hour or two and I just talk to people. It's not much, but it gives a it, you're, you're giving a lot of yourself in terms of your emotional uh, energy and your mental energy, just, just being there for other people. So for those of us who are on here that are content creators, um, as a, as a comparison, how much time you guys spend on, uh, you know, on your content, how much time do you spend compared to that? Like talking to individuals that are reaching out to you? Like, I don't think there's a perfect answer here. It's just, everybody's going to have a different answer. I'm just curious how you guys do it. Well, so for me, um, 
just generally whenever somebody reaches out to me, I try to be available and talk to them. Um, I, I think that's one of the, the things that um, we're, we're missing, I guess, um, uh, atheists is this sense of community, the ability to, you know, talk to somebody. And, and I think projects like the, the hotline project and, and other things um, are, are really good resources for our community to have because, uh, you know, in the religious community, they all seem to support themselves. There's so many. I mean, they're yeah, here in North Alabama. Like, there's not a preschool that's not religious down here. Um, there might be one or two that's not religious, uh, but I mean, you just don't see that kind of of communal support behind you know uh, atheists in general. And I think whatever we can do to provide you know, that sense of community and, you know, personal, personally interacting with individuals that, you know, need to talk or, or want to know, like, well, why is this wrong kind of thing? Or if they're having some personal struggle, I think it's, it's important to, you know, interact with each other and, and focus on helping each other. Yeah. But it's hard. Cause yeah, we're not a, we're not a flock, you know, we're sort of an <laughs> island of misfit toys and many of whom tend to be sort of suspicious of, authority and and skeptical and and you know so it, it, there's unique demographic challenges to to uniting everybody uh I when i was first becoming active in um the uh secular student alliance um years ago um there was uh it was shocking to me how many of of us there were um and i think that and i mean this is going back you know 10 years now going how many people still don't don't know how many of their neighbors um, might be just like them? And there's there's mm -hmm. you know there, there are I mean Facebook and YouTube I mean these are great platforms where people come together. But it's that that it's that's to me is like maybe the biggest challenge is just sort of normalizing um, yes you know, being non-religious. I agree, and I would say that is like one of my largest motivations. And also when people were like, just the other day, someone referred to me as, you know, evil and unaccepting of anything because I'm an atheist. I, I get that. Literally, uh, to me, that just gives me fuel. That's yeah. like to throw your insults at me. I don't care. Yeah. Now I'm going to be even louder about it to get my across <laughs> to mm -hmm. show that the people in this room are not a bunch of evil assholes. We're just like everyone else. Yeah, you know, this is a good time to push back on one of the comments that you got on Facebook from Adam Miranda. Did you see that from way up there? This is the kind of thing that I would that I think you're talking about pushing back on. It says, "I have a question. Do you think that people who believe in a supreme being are not smart?" That's the one right there. Yeah, I, I wanted to, I didn't want to interrupt, but I actually was hoping everyone could answer this question. Yeah, there were so many misconceptions about like how atheists think and act that because like i forgot who said it kenneth was that you who said that most of what people think of atheists is what they've heard from their pastor or just misinformation and yeah. boy wouldn't it be great to set a record straight to answer the question directly adam no there are intelligent and educated and well-informed people on both sides of this mm -hmm. um, so no i do not think that people who believe in supreme being are not smart not at all are and we I all really think that they are easily fooled or controlled i don't think that has necessarily anything to do with each other I think we're all easily fooled and controlled to an extent. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, people aren't that smart. People, right. people, you know, especially when we're being when we're when we're being led by by sort of like emotional uh, thinking. You know, once that old brain amygdala takes over and starts steering the ship, I mean, we're not we're not we're 
when when people are making decisions that aren't aren't guided by by reason, they're they're literally thinking with half their brain. And there's all kinds of neuroscience stuff that we're not going to get into here. But but yeah, to, to can you put that guy's thing back up just really quick? Because I, I think he's just when when someone's like sincere enough to to engage, I want to. Okay, so yeah, no, so yeah, people are not smart. Um, and by people, he's not saying theists or Christians. No, I'm. Like I am not smart. Like I am easily fooled and controlled. And it is a constant process of like becoming more and more aware and mindful of, of how we're all susceptible to yeah. believing nonsense. Um, so no, it's not, it's not unique to anybody. Exactly. The second uh, you think you're smart, <laughs> that's yeah. when you have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say that it, it is a lot harder to get through to the deeply faithful than uh, it would be some people of other, you know, mindsets. Uh, and I think that that's not so much to do with the person uh, in general. I, I think that it has more to do with, uh, you know, the, the, just the mindset. Um, so it's not person sp specific. It's just, you know, that, that particular mindset. Yeah. And it can apply to things that aren't religious either. I mean, people can be dogmatic and, and unreasonable about, Everything isn't that great? How we are as a species? Could <laughs> be anything. Um, so I mean, yeah, yeah. That actually is one of the things that bothers me the most about a lot of the the atheists in in this community. None, present company excluded, of course. Um, which is this concept know. that uh, because I questioned my God belief and came out of that way of dogmatic thinking. I am by dint of that a skeptic who cannot be fooled in any other areas. So any el anything else that I think is by default the right thing, um, because you have to you have to apply that process of deconstruction to everything, and it's exhausting. It really is, and you might open doors that lead to the whole building falling down eventually. But it, it it's not a thing that you just that is is segmented off in in terms of religion or theism it should if you are a skeptic it should apply to every area of your life yes and you know not all not all atheists uh, you know they're, uh, you'd be surprised at how many people you meet out there who are atheists and then yet still believe in ghosts and spirits and mm -hmm. uh, magic crystals and all manner of mm, things that have not been properly vetted or, or, or not examined with a skeptical eye. They're all manner of things. They, they want to believe. They they shun any evidence that says those things. That's why I like to, I like to specifically on my profile state that I'm a skeptical. I see myself as a skeptical atheist, liberal mm -hmm. skeptical atheist to be specific. Yeah. Because we're not all skeptical. And we're not all liberals either. Right, exactly. By the way. Yeah. Surprise, oh, surprise. how many times have we gotten that? Uh, like like people looking for other conservative atheists. Yeah. It's like, yeah. They're out there. They somewhere. are out there. <laughs> well, you know, all, all, on my stuff, all I have to do is post like a really far left-wing kind of post. And I can build the... the, the the right-wing atheists who somehow managed to slip through <laughs> will come out of the wings and start talking their craziness. I'm like, oh, look at you. There's like water in the ground and the shit seeds are just blowing up, you know. I'm like, look at you and look at you and look at you. You know, that's all like every now and then just to weed them out. It's very interesting the kinds of posts that will make people care all of a sudden. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh. Okay, touched a nerve there. Oh, not yeah. not sorry about it. Just yeah. good to know. Yeah. 
And then, you know, I've, I've seen some today. I posted a left-wing thing, and uh, they're in my, my Daily Atheist group, and they're making comments, ugly comments about the person that's in the photograph of the, the mm. thing. And I go look at their wall, and they're, like, very pro-Trump, very everything I'm not, except, of course, we're, we're, we're both atheists. I'm like, how the hell? How did you get in my group? You know, I know how it is, because sometimes people send me friend requests, and I get overwhelmed, and I just accept them. And then... Back in the day when I was first started growing my group, I would over there, it's like invite person. I was like, bink, 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 without really checking her. Nowadays, the better half does the checking and she goes through the groups. She makes sure. <laughs> before, yes. So she does the betting now. But so it, I'm the one. I, they slipped through on me. I'm like, how the hell did this? Yeah. So, so we're right, not that, all alike. No. And that brings up an interesting question for me because uh, so far, this seems to be something that not many others do and I, I i hope this changes but i am of the mindset that i will friend anyone like i don't mean i'll just go through facebook and start friending anyone i mean i like having people of different views because i i don't need an echo chamber of a bunch of atheists telling me yeah yeah you're right you're right trump sucks this person sucks like i, I don't need that i need people on the opposition pointing out mistakes i make or calling me out for those things um, so I personally, I, I, I prefer as much engagement with the opposition as possible. And it's an interesting thing because a lot of folks in the sort of skeptic atheist community talk a big game about, uh, you know, the marketplace of ideas and freedom of speech and things, um, but are hesitant to sort of, I mean, because it's a headache uh, when you start to engage with people who have certain viewpoints. Um I mean, you're taking on an awful lot, Ethan, and I watch I watch you do it um, by welcome by having like this big, giant, inclusive tent for all people. And, you know, my hats off to you for doing it. But, yeah, it's you got to recognize people have to recognize what they're bringing on by by doing. So I know it's a it's a dangerous game, but I, I here's how I consider it. I was once that angry, conservative Republican that was like, yeah, Trump. Yeah. Like I at one point supported Donald Trump. So to me, if I can be gotten through to, and yeah. I can be a hard headed person, then I just need to find the right way to get through to other people. And that's why I don't like shutting down conversations. Like I want to, I want to engage with it as much as possible. Well, it, I, I think that it's very important to point out that you, that you need to learn to discern between good conversation with a good faith conversationalists and people that are just trolling or are just doing something to get you emotional and they're just posting things to make you mad mm -hmm. and because th there are those that are out there and i i really don't have a problem with shutting those types of people out right. um i generally don't like shut people out just for having a different view um it's more or less their attitude when they come to the conversation if it's not genuine like if it's not a genuine uh you know kind of conversation uh where they're they're wanting to have the conversation instead of just tear me down um then then i i generally have the conversation even if we end up disagreeing but mm -hmm. it's, it's the conversationalists that don't come into it wanting to have an actual conversation that you got to look out for. Yeah. See, that's that's a good point. I, this is kind of stuff I like to hear because, you know, Ethan and I, we're new at this. All right. And we're, we're, we're learning very quickly and learning from some, sometimes learning from making very bad mistakes. 
about responsible content creation and the kind of people that we want uh, to talk to and the kind of people who we want to hear from. Um, so like part of this is I, I want to talk about uh, atheism, activism and service. And the other part is, wow, how much do I have to learn from everybody else around this table right now? I, I, I just got to take notes and, and just well, learn from you guys well, who have been there and back. Well, well um, I, I don't know about anybody else here, but it, it's a continual learning process of, mm. you know, for forming your opinions on things, taking a, a, another look at, at how you handle things or, or how you view things. It, it's a continual process. And I think that, you know, paying attention to the community at large will help you grow just in general. We just appreciate like everybody who's taken and this is this is my big thank you because I don't get a chance to talk on Ethan's channel much. But this is this is like my big thank you to everybody who either on camera or behind the scenes has been so supportive of helping us grow and helping us learn and helping us like figure out what, what our responsibilities are as content creators and, and the proper way of, of of doing things. I'm not talking about like like uh, technical stuff, but oh, of course we have a lot to learn there. But just you know the, the right ways to be engaging with this community. Oh yeah, no, I I remember when you you guys were talking about Casper earlier and 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 how that was kind of the catalyst. That's how I heard about you guys because Ethan called in to talk Ethan to talk about that particular call and ask for advice. Um, and then when you reached out uh, on Twitter, I was like, wait, I know this person. And then so yeah, it's it's this awesome and and honestly, like <laughs> it's weird for me to feel like one of the like seniors in the room, I guess, cause I'm really not at all. Like it's less than are. a year, <laughs> but it, I was adopted in the same exact way that I want to help other people. Like it is this continual process of, we need more voices. We need more people. Um, the, we are stronger together, a rising tide lifts all boats. And the fact that I have even the tiniest little platform to help other people get that edge, that edge up is so exciting for me. Well, that's yeah, kind you, of the, oh, the part of my whole platform. My, my whole deal is to help other people. I hope, Kristen, I hope I fix that sound. Uh, my whole deal is to help other content creators uh, drive traffic to their channel by letting them come on and be a, a co-host with me on my show. And then, you know, they invite me back on like Ethan. But for example, tomorrow, Ethan will be a co-host on my show. And I've got five or six different people who come in. Most of them are content creators. They come in they they get introduced to my thing and it you know it's a lot easier for these new content creators like ethan and puck to start a channel when they actually have viewers you know to start that channel and have zero <laughs> viewers and see a big fat goose egg over on how many how many viewers one and you're watching your own stream right yeah. <laughs> oh i i I see that switched to an empty room for a year. So right. I hear where you're coming uh, from. Yeah, so to avoid that, I went through that in the beginning. I my first when you go back and look at my first few I mean the critical cripple and there were people there who who helped me who had it not been for them, it would have been rough. There would have been more zeros there. I think I only had one day where I had an actual zero and nobody watched whenever I first began. But most of the time, even though I had nothing, I didn't had no graphics, nothing. It was just me alone. I didn't have a co-host or guest. It was just me going, oh, welcome to Daily Atheist Morning Show and just <laughs> rambling for a little bit. These people showed up and they supported me and they said hi in the chat and they were there. Critical Cripple would give me a wolf before the show every morning and I would be like, oh, my guys are there, you know, they're, they're yeah. there, you know. What a wonderful group this has been. Fantastic people. Oh yeah, no, we we talk a lot 
or more about the other content creators, mm. but the people who show up in the chats, the people who show up on Patreon, the mod, yeah. the mods, like these people are what make the activism possible. And yes. I'd say that in addition to creating content, it's the money behind it. It's the people giving five, 10 bucks a month. It's the people who decide to spend their time modding for us or managing Discord and Twitch and, and Facebook. These are, Absolutely. these are, just as important, if not more, than what we're doing, in my, well, in my know, opinion, at least. I can say for sure, I, I mean this with with all my heart, that without uh, uh, Critical Cripple in the beginning, because he was there, and then, you know, the, the the COVID thing changed everything, and then he went to doing his own thing. But without Critical, uh, him and, and Best Name Ever, uh, I wouldn't have had half the guests, the really good guests. Not that any of them are bad guys, but you know what I mean? The Iron Raw, mm-mm, wouldn't have had him. Seth Andrews, I had Seth Andrews on my show because of her. You know what I mean? I have V LaBianca. I had Eric Murphy on my show because of her. You know, if it weren't for her and uh, other people, and of course, like you say, the patrons, Paul Camish and the... Yeah. the the blazing wizard pope and these wonderful people who give of themselves to help drive our channel and support us it's just amazing i go how are how, how why do they believe in me I, I you know and then they do it's amazing it's amazing yeah talk sees my excitement right now and that's why i'm pointing at the screen saying no ethan we're here to talk about something specific which <laughs> is what we're going to continue okay, i just have right? to make it really quick and i will not bring it up again we really okay. don't uh real quick Duncan Atheism, I see you in the comments. Uh, I would love to talk to you sometime. I will answer any questions you want in exchange for me asking you just three questions. That's all I ask. Sorry, resume the conversation. And, and now yeah, he'll no, go think, away. Otherwise, yeah. he'll don he'll try to dominate the whole show from the chat. And if I mean, if that's what you want, that's fine. But yeah, um, like you said, we're talking about the thing. But. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, Chris does bring something up like like every one of us had that one, maybe two or three people who really helped us get it started in the beginning. And just out of curiosity, who was that for everybody? Like not not just like who you watched on 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 YouTube or other shows like we all have like a huge list of us. But who actually who would you say really helped you out the most starting out your content? You too, Kenneth, even though you don't have a channel. We're like, yeah. how did you get started? Well, because you know, so you're still out here. You're out here more than you were last year, right? So Yeah, I'll tell you this. I don't have content, but when I was first getting started um, as a, a little tadpole atheist back in San Diego, um, there was uh, a local activist named Debbie Allen, who um, is now in Washington, D.C., uh, still working with a number of you know secular and atheist organizations and her just tireless commitment to activism and her generosity was a huge inspiration. Um, and, uh, she did all, she organized all kinds of stuff. She had, uh, Matt Dillahunty came and gave her the talk about, uh, the superiority of secular morality in San Diego while I was there. She had Richard Dawkins come into town. I got to hang out with him one night. It was, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that she facilitated for, for people that, that never would have happened without her. So there's, there's, and there's a million people like that out there. Eric's in the chat. The Eric is in the chat. <laughs> I know. Well, now I know my answer because he's in the chat now. So I have to say that Eric's the one <laughs> to um, start me out on my content journey. No, uh, he really was. He was the one who came, who, who suggested I come to Austin in the first place as kind of a joke. Um, but I took him up on it and probably freaked him out a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, so Eric definitely helped a lot. Um, he tapped me to be the next co-host for Talk Heathen, which was Smart honestly choice. huge. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I kind of want to shout out Frank Zindler. Um, I don't know if y'all know Frank at all. He's a uh, He's one of the big names of uh, back when American Atheists and Madeline Murray O'Hare were big and uh, brand new and just starting out. Um, And he lived in Columbus, Ohio while I was there. And we uh, ended up meeting at the American Atheist Convention in Cincinnati. And then he really kind of took me under his wing a little bit and was very, very gracious in terms of sharing knowledge and sharing uh, passion. Um, and was sort of setting me up to be the next the next Frank in Columbus, and then I left Columbus. Oh. Now, now we're all sad. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, Eric and Frank, I think, are the people that I'd, I'd shout out there. Yes, V, the community is better with you in it. Aww. <laughs> uh, well, so for me, starting out at least, um, it, it was pretty much just me. Um, I didn't I didn't really have anybody uh, to help. Uh, boost. Um, I, I had already um, <clears throat> kind of well established my presence on Facebook, at least. So um, I, I think um, the community at large, just watching and sharing my videos, uh, really kind of helped. Um, but then later on, uh, you know, KC, she helps me, uh, you know, just about every single video upload. We have a podcast together. Um, I bounce ideas off her. I, I talk to her about things. So, um, I mean, starting off, I was alone, but, you know, through the process, I've, I've gained a pretty good um, support. Pretty good amount of support around me. Yeah, my my answer would be like obviously I wouldn't I don't even have a channel of my own, so I wouldn't even be on here if it weren't for Ethan. So thank you very much, Ethan. Um, but when we were first starting to round up uh, ideas for you know what who who should we have on and and what kind of show should we have, um, I asked a YouTuber named Exmo Lex if she would come on our show and talk about uh, being an ex Mormon, and. It, it, it kind of scared me a little because I just out of nowhere, I just sent her a message and said, hey, we have the show and I'd love to have you come in and talk about it. And she didn't respond for like a week, which I get it. You know, I'm a nobody. Why should she, she even notice me? But she did. She she um, messaged back and, and she said she'd love to do it. We, we had her on the show. Um, it was at the time the highest viewed uh, show that we had ever done. Um, and it, it's just she just gave us this gave me anyway this this confidence boost that you guys are so much more approachable than 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 we think like for, from the outside you guys seem like like you know you guys are stars you have star power and a, a, a commoner like me would look at this and say well what <laughs> what chance do i have of interacting with these 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 paragons of rationality but no being like i forgot who said it but we're just humans too you know and and this is my big message for everybody on on in the chat who thinks that you know they look at our Patreon tiers like three dollars really that probably doesn't mean anything to them. yeah it does <laughs> the, the it second does. we get a Patreon even at the lowest level we're messaging you so like dude we got someone on yeah, right. it, it makes our life for the rest of the week that it that, that that what we're doing means so much to you that you choose to support it even at the lowest lowest level we are so grateful and so happy to be here for you guys if I can I got my first. Patreon supporter Henrik Marvin Badger 
on Christmas Day of last year. And I just finished rec uh, recording a video and I was in the process of, of editing it and almost done. And the mail came through and me and the wife were sitting downstairs, you know, and I was doing the editing and I saw that and I was just so excited. I ran upstairs and I re-recorded a, a new <laughs> intro to the video going, I just got my first patron. It's $3, you know, I'm like, I'm going to run around the house 10 times for $3. You know, there's no way I'd have done that as a job, <laughs> but it's so important. It's validation. Somebody actually did the thing. So if you, you go look at my videos, you can scroll down by the date on Christmas day, I dropped a video and on that video i'm like <laughs> <laughs> thank you henrik by the way he was my first and i've got some new as a matter of fact a couple of my biggest patron supporters are in the chat um the blazing wizard pope and Derek cruz are both in the chat so i mean it's just they're wonderful it's validation it's a pat on the back it's it's proof that we're doing something right mm -hmm. you know because for for people i don't know about you guys uh gee you're probably long past this other people who are like uh eric you know he's probably long past this miss shannon she's probably long past but as a new content creator i'm i'm scared all the time and what i doing right is is it right is my channel gonna work do i do people like what i'm doing is, you know and, and for those we put a lot of work into this yeah yeah and and the gratification that you people you you have no idea i had no idea what it was like to be a patron now i'm i'm a patron i help other little patrons when i can it changes sometimes i'll i'll help them like me and chris an atheist pastor he didn't have any patrons and i patroned up to him just because it's like you know once you get the ball rolling you know and then he got a few patrons and i pulled that money and i threw it over to the uh somebody else to help them you know <laughs> it's just it's a whole different feeling with all the money that we save on not tithing, I mean, there's no reason not to. <laughs> right? Be, you know, on Patreon all over the place. Yeah. Good point. Uh, I'd just like to point out that my first patron is, uh, Patreon, Patron, is watching right now, uh, Trina DeLuca. And when when, uh, when she signed up, I was like, holy crap, I have a patron. Like, mm -hmm. someone's to, as Buck calls it, my rainbow barf. Like, that is the coolest thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your rainbow barf. I've had patrons, uh, Paul Kamish, not only is a patron, he bought my book, bought my book and sent me a photograph of it. You know, people wow. buy my merch and shirts. I, I went, you know, I'm, I've, I wrote a book. I went to the place where you go to make covers when you make books. And then I talked to Richard Carey and look out, he had the same cover on his book. A patron supporter went and purchased both books and sent me a <laughs> photograph of both of these people are just amazing amazing what a wonderful group hey ethan we're, we're starting to uh, uh, round up on about 50 minutes here but there are a couple of questions in chat that i was hoping we could get to oh, we're not even done what are you rushing it for if you have questions uh for the round table put them in the comments but we do still have another question we got to get to um how do we go from as Puck, I'm probably going to word this question terribly, Ooh. but how do we go from atheist content creation to getting out in the field? Or as he called it, atheist service. <laughs> this is the, the, the question I had on this one was like, like what we do is important. And how many people we ever talk to who they say, um, I, I got started in this because I was questioning and I started to watch the videos of the people online, right? Mm -hmm. But this is the only sphere that I've been in. There is no atheist community in the area that I know of. I think there's a, a tri-state free thinkers, right? But that's it. Like, so, so how do we, how do I, if I wanted to, take this from YouTube content creation and Twitch content creation to what can I do for my community to uh, forward the, the, uh, the, the goals of, of uh, secular humanism and uh, uh, positive atheism. 
Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I always hedge when I answer these kinds of questions because I think that the idea of having two separate realms of internet world and the real world is kind of strange to me because they're so overlapped. And a lot of the time, a lot of people's access to the real world necessarily comes through the internet. So with that distinction made, um, I got into this doing boots on the ground uh, community organizing. Um, in Columbus, I put together a little group called AMEN, uh, Atheist Membership for Equitable Nominations. Um, people got really excited when they heard that I was from AMEN. They were like, ooh, tell me about that. And then I was like, well, it's the Atheist Membership for Equitable Nominations. And they oh. looked very sad. Uh, <laughs> but uh, seeing that face change. I bet that was just, awesome. Just slightly, <laughs> just, just, oh. Uh, <laughs> but what we did was we just, we we're basically local watchdogs for uh, legislation being passed by the governor, by the mayor. Um, that might infringe on church and state, just making people aware. Uh, after we learned about Project Blitz, uh, we sent out a whole bunch of information on that. We'd get together, we did Hug an Atheist Day, um, we did an Atheist Day organized get together there um, ourselves because we couldn't get to Austin, sadly. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it's, it's just, Again, kind of going back to what Chris said, being okay with that that zero number for a while <laughs> and sitting at a coffee shop with your little like plaque and just waiting for someone to show up because 50 people said they would show up on the Facebook invite and no one's here and it's been 15 minutes and there's this, it's like being on a stream talking to yourself except everyone else in the coffee shop is looking at you like you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of rejection and it's a lot of just sitting there until people decide to show up, but they will, they will show up. It just takes a long time. Yeah. So for, for me, um, it's just about, I, I guess I started really getting more into it as far as boots on the ground or whatnot is by going to conferences and going to gatherings and stuff like that. And if you can find some organization or, or group in your local area, generally you can find one. Uh, just, you know, becoming uh, active in that. Uh, is a great way uh, to get started in it. Um, but I mean, a lot of the times, uh, some of the things that I've done, it's just been uh, kind of opportunistic. Um, like for instance, there was, um, there's this, um, you, there's this YouTube preacher group uh, that's actually listed on the SPLC hate group list. Uh, they wow. decided they were going to come to uh, Huntsville, Alabama and protest outside of a women's clinic, uh, you know, for uh, abortion, you know, they were anti-abortion. And um, so, you know, I saw, I saw a post on YouTube where he was like, in Huntsville, Alabama, we're protesting here. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I, I could go, like, I'm just right down the street. I could, I could go and like, uh, I don't know, converse with them or something. But, you know, when I got there, they were just yelling uh, obscenities, uh, mm. what I would consider obscenities uh, at the, the healthcare workers there and, and the volunteers. And so I kind of, um, I, 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 I turned on my phone and started live streaming YouTube uh, unexpectedly. And I just went over there and I made sure I filmed the entire thing. And, um, just, I stood between them and the volunteers 
And um, I wouldn't suggest people do something like that like a lot or anything, um, uh, you know, be careful because, you know, these, these guys are the kind of guys that would storm a capital with like uh, assault rifles and stuff. <laughs> um, but, you know, be, be safe about it, but um, look, look for opportunities uh, to, to be active and, and be a, a positive voice. And um, I, I think that if you keep an eye out for that, for, places where you can help uh, to lend a hand or, or just be a voice of reason. I think that, you know, that, that would be a pretty good place to start just noticing those opportunistic uh, types of situations. Mm -hmm. uh, Kenneth, what are your thoughts? Well, the, and if you, if you can't find something where you're at, you know, you can always start something. There's, you know, there's, I mean, what, what everybody, Every every content creator that you see, every every organization started with somebody just going, this needs to happen and doing it. Um, but I, I really agree with GE. Uh, back with uh, Secular Student Alliance, just speaking to opportunities, there was a, a traveling um, preacher. I don't know if he's still active, but the guy um, goes by or went by Brother Jed. Um, and he would travel around to college campuses and you know yell at people about they're going to hell because their skirt's too short or whatever. And uh, he, had, there was a video that had circulated of him on a campus um, being abused. I mean, he had, he'd antagonized the student body to the point where they uh, started throwing, you know, food at him and basically assaulted him and chased him off the campus. And we, we found out that he was going to be coming to our school the next week and uh, reached out to him and to his people and offered to host him and to host like a, a forum where he could, have a live debate with a atheist, but we would make sure that he was given a platform to speak and that he'd be treated with respect and dignity, even if we found his ideas to be reprehensible. And um, I think that uh, there's, 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 there's opportunities everywhere is, is all I'm, I'm really trying to say. Um, so if, if you are watching this, if you think that you might see an opportunity for, for activism or, or that where you can make a difference, you really can. Um, and it, it, all it takes is you just doing it. And, you know, something else is that the, the atheists, the, so far my experience with the atheist community is many of us content creators and stuff tend to take on uh, where we wear more than one hat. We, 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 we support atheism, but we're also champions of the LGBT community or we're champions for anybody really who needs help. Um, the, for example, uh, a grumpy old dude is, is about anti-racism. He was about anti-racism before it was cool. You know, that that's his he, so it's good. It's godless. But then he's also about the anti-racism. And, you know, there's other people. We all have our own little little things that it seems that we we kind of latch on besides atheism. Uh, that's also a humanist. It's like a humanist kind of thing. I, I really enjoy that about our community. Um, I want to get to a, a couple questions. Uh, so this is coming from Best Name Ever. How important would you say that knowledge in theology, philosophy, and logic fallacies is to atheist activism? I think for me, it's it's important to at least touch on this a little because again, with my interest being mostly people who are, are trying to leave their communities or uh, are, are still in their communities and don't want to be, um, to give them a little bit of, of ways to, to talk back about the, the things that they're going to hear most often. 
Um, so I think it's important to at least get a grounding that way when when you get pulled into a conversation by Uncle Ned and he says, well, if you're an atheist, how could you possibly be good? Now you actually have some way to talk back at that. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to have like this, this deep knowledge of modal logic, but at the very least you, you, have, you don't have to go in there fearing these conversations anymore. So I, I would say that it's important to at least touch on it and read, read on it, watch a couple of videos, not to the point, unless you want to, if, if this is your thing, if you really like to dig deep into the theology, godless engineering, you're just doing something with a, a resurrection, right? Resurrection apologetics. Yeah, if that's your thing, dive as deep as you want to. But for me, I think it's good to like, at least it's the surface cover a, a lot of different topics. Yeah, if if there if you were an environmental activist and somebody came up to you and asked you a question about environmental science, hopefully you would you would have enough understanding and knowledge of the background and the science and the, the arguments to formulate a very uh, informed and accurate response to that without being rattled. And I think it gives you a, an air of ethos and an air of respectability in order uh, if you are able to articulate yourself in that way. So I think that you don't need to be interested in debating or giving speeches or writing books on philosophy. That's a very niche subject. Um, but being able to uh, portray yourself and your community well and be able to speak to the questions being asked is very, very important if you want to be taken seriously by people who probably are operating with a very uh, dangerous misconception about what you are and what you stand for. And, and those are also different tools that each of us are going to use differently. Uh, Anthony Magnabosco doing his street epistemology is going to need those historical, you know, those theology and philosophical questions and logic differently than I'm going to apply them as I do my evil God monster of Abraham series in Bible study, atheist Bible study. But they're all important. I think they're all important to, to our own various degrees. Yeah, um, I, I think so too. Um, the logical fallacies, knowing them and knowing, uh, you know, the the structure of logically fallacious arguments can help you, you know, in your conversations in general. Uh, so, so knowing when when somebody's being illogical and being able to point that out, and being able to tell them why it's illogical, I think is a very valuable tool. Uh, the theology uh, really depends on who you're talking to, because there's a vast range of theologies out there, even 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 within Christianity. Uh, because while I, I know like I know a good bit about general apologetics on the theology of Christianity. Um, like if you start going into Mormonism, they have very deep like arguments that go into the theology, but also the history of Mormonism. And so you, you got like knowing the theology and history of that is very important when you're, when you're in a conversation mm -hmm. with a Mormon, but the same thing, the same could be said for just about any denomination out there. Um, you know, knowing what each denomination thinks can really help you break yeah. through to somebody that you're trying to convince of, you know, a different position than they already hold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's helpful when you, if you, I mean, it, John Stuart Mill said that, you know, he who knows only his side of the case knows little of that. So if you're if you're really trying to get in there and, and, and dig in with people, um, if you can know their arguments better than they do, that, that I mean, that's a that's a powerful thing. But I think that to, to V's point and, and to what G was saying, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's all very much like goal specific um, things like understanding logical fallacies. 
um, that's sort of like on a foundational level, just important for everybody because you want to know their blind spots. You want to know your blind spots, where you're committing fallacies. That's that's maybe even more important than knowing when someone else is doing it, right? So, um, yeah, I think having that base level of, of being aware of your own sort of cognitive blind spots and then trying to steer clear of that sort of thing um, is is essential. And then anything else is very much goal specific. If you want to become the foremost expert on Mormon apologetics, I mean, yeah, go for it. Well, there's also something to be said for, um, Sun Tzu's know thy enemy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. if we're going to be throwing out quotes, you know, the more you know about what you're, what you're dealing with as, as, uh, John said, uh, the better, the, you know, the more history, you know, the more you can tell them about their own religion. And like, uh, again, Anthony Magnabosco never met the guy. I don't think I've ever talked to him. I tweeted with him once. So I'm, I'm really shilling him hard today, <laughs> you know, knowing the right questions to ask because you know about the religion as you're, yeah. as you're prying apart these people's, what they use to hold on to their faith. That that's, that can be an important tool, important things. I do get a little surge of pride every time one of those new Pew research studies comes out about religious knowledge and religious literacy that generally speaking, um, atheists are at the tippy top in terms of religious literacy. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not, not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I just no. totally lost my train of thought. That, that's the problem when you you know you don't treat your ADHD, you just start like all over. The- <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on to another question, I do actually have to leave out right now uh, to go and talk to my son. But it was awesome hanging with everybody tonight. Uh, I'm sorry I got to leave so early, but um, y'all keep rocking it. And it was awesome talking to everybody on the panel here. G, it was a pleasure to finally get Likewise. to talk to you. Yeah, thank you, G. Take care, brother. Bye. All right. So our question from Christian Watkins. This was uh, the gentleman that was just on your show the other day. Uh, Chris, what advice would you all have on losing friends to adopting atheism? That has happened to me personally, and I could use some practical advice. Wow. Who wants to start? (laughs) <laughs> Something that we're we're, we're going to give you four or five different pieces of advice completely. Three of them aren't going to resonate with you, but hopefully something hits. <laughs> so. a, a friend of mine, um, his his family, um, they had an actual funeral when he became came out as an atheist. Um, no they, they, really? Yeah, they disowned him oh, completely no. and um, messed up. and held uh, an actual funeral service in, in Missouri, I believe. And, um, he, I mean, he was out on the West coast. He was going to college is how I met him. And, um, I mean, we were all in, in our group of, at the second student lines, happy to know and, and have each other for support. But he especially, um, came out of a, a, a background where he, he lost everyone. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, the, the thing that, that, he, he found some comfort in I, was that that there is a community of people who uh, who are, are, are like you who will will accept you and respect you and want to engage with you and welcome you. Um, so the the thing that I, I remember telling telling him um, and maybe you watch this high film um, is uh, that uh, you know people who are going to dismiss you in that way, who aren't going to see your value and who are going to let you go um, when you're honest with them. Um, 
I know it's cliche to say it, but but you, it, sometimes it's better not having those people around in the first place um, and being able to replace those relationships with ones that are going to have more substance and meaning and that are going to be more about who you are as a person rather than, you know, whether or not you are stepping in line with what someone else wants you to believe. Mm-hmm. Anyone else want to take this? Um, I second all of that. <laughs> Uh, and I'm also going to say that from my perspective, it's easier to let go of people after you understood where they're coming from and you forgive them. And I'm not saying that forgiveness is always warranted or that you are required to forgive and forget ever, because there are some situations where that's not an option. But for me, understanding two things, first, that they did not understand that their conception of what I was, was a result of misinformation in this education. And if they understood, they wouldn't have left. Um, And you can try and connect on that. You can try and say, hey, look, this is what I mean. This is what I'm thinking. But sometimes they just aren't gonna, they aren't gonna respond to that. So understanding that maybe they just were mistaken about what atheism meant, but also understanding that for a lot of them, it was also like a death to them. And they probably mourned that as well. It probably was also a very hard thing for them to do to separate themselves from you. That's not excusing it at all. And certainly that's not saying that they were in the right or that they should have done so, but understanding that this was most likely a painful process for them that was a result of miseducation to which they were a victim. to me, that helps kind of separate myself from the situation and stop blaming myself for anything and move on from there. Yeah, I uh, I, I agree. It is the one of the biggest things is understanding that they they were indoctrinated and mm-hmm. they they, I mean, so were we. I'm sorry, I can't speak for any of you. Uh, I, I I was. Um, yep. Same. Um, and yeah, me too. Well, so to me, I I have a you know I don't know I I try and empathize with them because I understand where where they're coming from. However, I'm incredibly fortunate because I mean, I have family that does support what I do, even though they don't agree with me. Like my grandma's like, I'm just happy you're happy again and you're doing your thing. Like she's so sweet and loving. Um, My mom, although she supports me, she thinks I've lost my mind. Um, Mm. But that actually has to do with the political side. So because that is a thing that that is a bigger sticking point for a lot of people. Yeah, I've lost like, more over politics than religion. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. And it, there's an interesting thing to dovetail into that. Ethan. So the, the the thing that I find my loved ones uh, worry about there being sort of um, personal or, or professional costs to me for for being outspoken. Um, that uh, you know, it's like you know, people don't accept the atheists yet, and you know, you're better off just kind of keeping a lid on it and just going about your business. And, um, you know, people who even agree with me uh, on, you know, various philosophical, metaphysical points, this is like, yeah, man, like, I get it, but you sound kind of extreme by, by being you know, like on YouTube talking about it. And I, I think that there are, anytime anybody takes a stand for anything, there's going to be, you know, there's, there's opportunity costs there. Um, so you, you have to be sort of, you know, honest with yourself about what you're taking on and then willing to say, you know, okay, well, this is who I am. These are my values. And, 
and kind of be re- willing to let some people go or take the you know costs that may come. I hate to do it, but I got to go do that voodoo that I do so well. You Thank guys you. are wonderful. Thank <laughs> you for you having <laughs> Yes, you'll see me in the morning. We'll, we'll have a shot. I'll build it. I promise. It's, it's been a day. Nobody needs to know about my day. It's been a day. I will get off my butt. I will make the links here in just a little bit. And I will send you the links and we'll get ready to do the show in the morning. Everybody, thank you so much. You're all wonderful people. Thank you to the people in the chat. Thanks for coming uh, on, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Bye. Don't and be good. Christian, to, to answer your question from my perspective, um, I'm trying to like put myself back in the shoes of, of when I was uh, in religious communities. And I realized that the reason that a lot of my friends were Mormons was because I was spending a lot of time at Mormon events and Mormon dances. And wherever you go, you're gonna find like go do what you want to do. If you like, if you like comic books, go to those comic cons. If you like, um, if you like uh, working out, go to the gyms. Go to the rock gyms. There are go where you want to go, and you will find people who do the same thing that you do. The the number one place where you make your friends anyway is shared activities. Rather more more than shared values, it's you're in the same circles as these people on a social basis. Now, I get that that's only handling part of the question, which is how to make new friends. How do you deal with the old ones? I, I don't have a good answer for that because I, when I stopped being involved in the Mormon church, I held on to exactly one friend and we just found other things to talk about besides church. And, um, you know, she started writing for her school paper. So I said, okay, I'll help you do music reviews. And we stayed very good friends. And uh, we would not know this, but 20 years later, I would help her deconvert. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, you just, yeah, I'll tell you about that later. But, but, uh, but yeah, so if you find other common ground and other mutual activities to do the religious difference, it might not matter. And to the people who were only friends with you because you shared similar beliefs and similar theology, just like other people in chat have been saying, you got to question if they were truly your friends to begin with. Yeah. Um, the one of the points I was going to make, kind of, uh, was that uh, you were actually in one of the comments when we were uh, talking about the, the the flag and how you had said that you know you were talking about the freedoms to mm-hmm. you know do what you want with it, uh, so to speak. And that's where my my mom really uh, was not happy with me at all. <laughs> like she's she like, I don't know you anymore, son. I was like, oh, no. I, yes, I, I like I. I and I, I'm patient because I know, like me, she was just taught that 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 American pride thing, you know, where everyone is just fixated on you can't yeah. criticize America, you can't criticize the flag, you can't kneel. And sorry, I don't want to get into politics. I apologize. Uh, I just wanted to answer his question to the, the best as I could. <laughs> I, I on a, just really quick on that. I I love talking to people about stuff like the flag and 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 you know when they people talk about respecting the troops um, without ever identifying myself as a former troop. I I just because <laughs> people will be like, well, no, the troops hate it when you do this, and I'd be like, <laughs> so <it's, laughs> anyway. Um, okay, I think we got through all all the questions. Um, Puck, did I miss any? Uh, no, I, I think there was a question about theology, but I don't think we need to dig deep into that in this particular chat. Like, it's a good question. It, it's it, it's an interesting question, but it's not really what this conversation was uh, geared toward. Um, I, I'm taking away a lot from this, so I appreciate the perspectives of everybody who came in and shared their time with us tonight. This was really fun. Yeah. This was a me- lot of fun, you guys. 
I think it's really cool that, that, that the conversation tended to trend toward empathy over any other topic. Like, I mean, we talked about being reasonable and rational and fallacies and avoid them and all that stuff and know your theology. And, but, but really we kept coming back to, to people being at the center of everything, which is, it seems to be a, a good way for activism to, to be, to be trending uh, to me. I agree. Awesome. All right. So, uh, V, yes. where can everyone check you out at? And what other information would you like them to know? Lovely. Yes. Um, I am with the atheist community of Austin some of the time. Uh, I do Talk Heathen. Uh, that's a call-in show for theists and atheists to have conversations very much like this. Uh, that's Sundays at 1 p.m. Central. And then I'm on Secular Sexuality, which is a, a show that we talk about gender, sex, relationships from a secular perspective. And that's 7 p.m. Central on Thursdays. Before that, uh, right before Secular Sexuality at 5.30 p.m., I do a Facebook Live event where I just sit there, I talk with you guys, whoever shows up, we have a great conversation. Um, so I'm really looking forward to meeting new people there. Any other information, um, especially in terms of upcoming merch, uh, feel free to uh, look me up on Patreon, uh, Patreon slash uh, VLaBianca. Uh, and you get first look at all the all the designs, all the merch, all of all of everything there. So that's where the behind the scenes news happens. Can we take a moment to really appreciate V's camera presence? Because she's so veteran at this, she knows to look at the camera. When I'm when I'm trying Sorry. to talk to someone, I'm looking at you right now, V, like you can see me looking at you. Right. But now it, it doesn't look like you some, but this I need to learn how to do this. It's it helps it helps because Sundays and, and Thursdays I have producers yelling in my ear to look at the camera. So at this uh, point I'm, I'm very well trained. <laughs> yeah, you do uh you do a good job of it. Thank you. Um, by the way, I would like to point out that V, uh, it, it was the one that supplied all the, the help links in the description. So for the, all, they provide a lot, provided a lot of stuff. So please, please check it out. Yeah. Um, uh, the, basically what I did was I put together a bunch of, uh, links for, uh, what atheist activists are doing out there in the quote unquote real world. Um, so I've, I've done a bunch of links for, uh, recovering from religion, freedom from religion foundation, American atheists, what we're doing down here at the ACA. So if you're curious about any of those things, uh, feel free to jump down to the description and check those out. Yes. Uh, Kenneth, I know this. He's is already doing everything. I, I'm not even. I'm not doing anything because, as you just heard, V's essentially <laughs> omnipresent. And so. <laughs> right, but Kenneth, where can everyone check you out at? I, I'm not going to stop asking that. This is start a damn YouTube channel. This is, this is really just Ethan's way of plugging his own channel because that's where I do my <laughs> anything. So, uh, but you know, I'm I'm barely on Twitter, but yeah, I I'm I'm. Uh, increasingly active uh, on here. So awesome. And Puck, uh, I know obviously most of your content is on here, but you do have another channel, correct? Yeah, I mostly just write everybody's coattails. Um, but uh, no, I am. All right, Puck, I'm going to put you on the spot. So okay. for those that don't know, Puck has been a tremendous, tremendous help to this channel. Um, he is a teacher, he is a friend, and he is the guy that is messaging me at 5 a.m. asking me to explain myself or if I can comprehend some of the conversations that happened. And this goes until about midnight. And it's, okay, Ethan, 
what did we learn last night? And it's literally, it's like a teacher. There's like a like, Kirk and Spock thing that is happening. That's what I told him. Whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I need this. I need this buddy comedy to happen. This is, this is people have been saying it. like, we've taken the show on the road. We took it to uh, SJ Thomason's channel. We took it to, to, to uh, the daily eight. We were on Chris's show a couple of weeks ago. I, I think of us more as Pinky in the Brain than Kirk and Spock. But, uh, like, wherever Kirk you want to go. Spock, because I blurt stuff out and I go off, you know, this or emotions. I don't know what you want to call it. And you're like, actually, no, that's not the most logical <laughs> point here. Uh, no, but so, I, I do have a, a, a Twitch channel and I stream uh, two o'clock to four o'clock on uh, weekday afternoons. Uh, uh, so you, I, I, I don't know if there's a link down there, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll, I'll talk, I'll is. talk Ethan into throwing a, uh, a link in the description later. Um, I'm. Uh, you can come on there and just talk to me. It's an AMA stream, so we can talk about whatever you want to. Uh, all set to the backdrop of the Final Fantasy video game series. So nice. Uh, yeah. okay, Couple of nods, sorry. and Ethan says, "What's that?" Okay. No, I know what Final Fantasy is. Oh, v, <laughs> Kenneth, are either of you gamers? I have been. People have attempted to convert me, and I have staunchly. Staunchly resisted. Okay, Except so I'm for, not the only one. Then. No, no, no. Oh. Except for like certain yes. puzzle games, like yes. The Witness, Talos Principle. Oh. I will play those all day. Um, but I, it's that's that kind of game, open world puzzle games. If 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 that's what I'm doing, then that's great. Anything combat related or or competitive, like I don't, I, I do that all day. That's in my head all day. I don't need to do that in my free time too. <laughs> Oh, V, I'm a speedrunner for The Witness. I can get all lasers and beat the challenge in under 40 minutes. No way. It, there's wow. a recording online. Okay, I'll have to check this out. <laughs> what about you, Kenneth? Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I, I play. Uh, but it, So I'm embarrassed to say, but in the interest of transparency, everyone else is doing it. So I, uh, I play a lot of Grand Theft Auto online. I, I, I basically am this, this complete uh, psycho uh, in my gaming life. <laughs> So it's it's I feel like there's an outlet there, but it's it's so funny. My uh, my fiance's brother, um, who by day is very mild mannered, is a manager at a, an insurance company. Um, he got me into into this game, and so we team up and we, you know, like rob banks and and crash helicopters and act like like children. It's it's <laughs> super bizarre. I, I should probably seek help. I'm just wondering what kind of children you're you're running around. With. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. I don't know. It's the strangest thing. I've only been doing this for about like the last about four months now. I, I but yeah, it's that's it's awesome. Weird. Yeah. Real quick, I also like to point out that I met Kenneth and Puck in the same way because both of them, in a in a very roundabout nice way, were like, "So uh, I, I saw your debate." Do uh, do you need some help? <laughs> in the night, Kenneth's like, you know, you need some pointers, man. I'm like, is that your way of saying it was bad? And Kenneth's like, well, I wouldn't say bad. I just, you know, I, if you ever have some questions, like him and Puck literally the same approach me the same way. We all That's have them to grow. We, we do. And I wish somebody had done that after my first debate because my, my it was a disaster. And uh, yeah. So. Awesome. Well, uh, I want to thank everyone for doing this. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, check out V's channel. Um, v will be hosting Talk Even Sunday, and I'll yes. be in the comments. Um, Yay! And oh, thank you to my patrons, uh, Cindy Plaza and Trina DeLuca. And uh, yeah, all the stuff's in the description. I don't know. I got to figure out a closing. And uh, so, anyways, uh, thank you. Uh, everyone stay on the line. Uh, Puck, did you have anything to add? Uh, just uh, um, my next appearance is going to be tomorrow on my channel and next Tuesday. Uh, what the puck featuring Shannon Q? Yes, that would nice. be awesome. Awesome.
She's so, wonderful. All right. Good night, everyone. Thank you so much.